Hello there everyone, welcome back to our Performing Capers podcast. It's me, again, Alex McCrossan, here with you every week, the dance artist with Shaper Caper and I'm joined today by a very good friend and also fellow Shaper Caperian, Dylan Boswell. Hi. I'm not sure if you've done a podcast yet, Dylan, have you? Have you done one with someone oh, else? I think I've been in a couple ages and ages ago maybe they're not live actually maybe those were the ones that got lost on the memory card lost in the ether yeah why don't you give yourself a wee introduction to who you are and what you do with shaper caper just in case anybody's listening like who's that (laughs) who is this (laughs) so uh yeah i'm dylan i am the trainee fundraiser for shaper caper at the moment i got this full-time position after doing some freelance work bits and pieces for Shaper Caper and then was lucky enough to get a full-time position funded by the Rank Foundation as part of their Time to Shine program so that's that's me I'm god well over halfway now. Yeah it feels like it's still February 2016 almost (laughs) yeah (laughs) the way this year's gone that actually feeds well into the subject of today's podcast Shaper Caper as a company are always mindful about how we approach our projects to make sure that they are accessible for everyone. For us, accessibility is key, with our mission statement being dance for all. That includes so many different things because projects and services can be inaccessible to lots of different people for lots of different reasons. But what we're going to be discussing today specifically is access to art for those who are working class. There is this misconception, or is it a truth, I don't know, we'll discuss that today, that art, theatre, dance, particularly contemporary dance, is exclusive to folks that are higher up in the class system, and I'm using that in in inverted commas here, in little air quotes, and it's expensive, and all those other things. Me and Dylan are going to try and unpack that today, in 20 minutes, so we don't have a lot of time. No But that's something that, yes, no pressure. (laughs) It's something that we're passionate about as a company, but each of us as individuals are also really passionate about it. So both me and Dylan are from working class backgrounds, but from different areas in Scotland. So to start with, Dylan, would you like to give a little bit of a background into how you got into dance in the first place? Yeah, so I actually discussed this a little bit on the my blog post that I did recently for Shaper Caper. I started dancing when I was about three years old because... My gran wanted to do something with us every Saturday. So she wanted a thing that she could take us to. And then, you know, we'd spend the rest of the day at her house or, you know, visiting relatives and stuff like that. So, yeah, she she paid for our classes, me and my little sister, for a long, long time. My parents were quite poor when we were growing up. So, yeah, I, I really don't think that I would be dancing or have the love that I have for dance if it wasn't for those Saturday classes and I wouldn't have been able to do them without my gran to to pay for them. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a common theme that runs with people who are working class, now working in performing arts, was that the early memories were always relating to money, one way (laughs) or another. And that, for me, is part of the accessibility problem because in any given city in any given even small towns 
there doesn't seem to be too much of a shortage of dance classes, dance schools, amateur dramatic singing clubs. They mm. are there. There's plenty of them. If not, there's more than one. There's a vast array for you to choose from that all do different things. Mm-hmm. But I remember one short stint I spent in a dance school was that you had to, it was a great school. It was, you know, don't get me wrong. The teachers were fantastic. The, the routines were, were really good, but you had to pay a membership fee. You had to pay for additional classes after your sort of membership agreement. Then you had to pay if you wanted to be part of the show. Then you had to pay for all the costumes. And then it was all the dance shoes that you had for tap and modern and jazz and ballet if you did all the different yeah. ones. And for working class families, even families that are well off, that starts to mount up. And then if you've got more than one child yeah. that both want to do it, then again, the numbers just keep adding zeros on until mm-hmm. infinity. So that can be a big barrier. And I certainly felt, even though my family unit were really supportive of me wanting to get into dance, I knew, similar to, to yourself, that my parents probably couldn't afford it. And I felt guilty almost. So yeah. I would sometimes say, oh, it's fine. I don't want to do that class. I'm not really interested. I didn't like it very much. When I did, I just didn't want to put that burden onto them and make them feel like they had to provide it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think there's that sense of, you're aware of that. You're aware, certainly for me anyway, I was aware that the classes, they weren't cheap. And obviously the money that is going on these classes could be spent elsewhere, that could be on other things. So if you are a parent paying for these classes you know that comes at the expense of something else depending on how financially stable you are that could be just another expense and it's fine or it could be that's at the expense of nice tasty food or healthy food or bills because you want the best for your children don't you absolutely i know certainly my parents were like we don't want you to feel that you've went without we don't want you to you know if everyone else is going to the after school club we don't want you to feel like you can't do that. We want you, and as a child, now I love standing out. I've got my hair in a bright pink mohawk and I'm not bothered, but mm-hmm. when you're nine or 10, or even when you're like 15, 16, it's even worse. You're like, do not let me stand out. I want to blend yeah. in. I want to be a beige wall and just let me blend into the back of the classroom. And I think that that is where it gets tricky then, because if you do, if you're young and you want to go into, a full-time career perhaps in performance thankfully in Scotland we have SAS we have things that are in place once you get to that level of studying your HND and then onto your degree if you wish to do that but you can't really get to that HND level without doing those classes or schools or sessions in between so there's definitely a gap where it's really important to try and feed that and certainly that's what Shape and Taper tries to do we often go into schools and provide these projects that are already pre-funded such as well good funded by nhst side and we work with the children and the young people albeit in a short space of time we manage to get them dancing and cartwheeling and acting and it just shows it doesn't take long for young people to really take in that information but if you're not doing it regularly over a period of time then you're not thinking this could be a career this could be something that i could make money on and pay my bills with (laughs) and there's I think there's another aspect that is one of the reasons why I love what we do and it's the exposure because you know if if you're from a working class family as we're kind of discussing a little bit in between when you think of uh, art as a career then it becomes 
even more difficult if you're from a working class background to to get into so the chances are that maybe you're not exposed to that as much as a child you might not have relatives that work in the arts or even are kind of patrons of the arts who go to see the arts so even just getting into the schools and exposing people to the arts and maybe that's the spark to start it off all of it sparks those creative sparks yes. igniting bonfires of beauty <laughs> get that in a t-shirt you're totally right just using my parents again as an example mm-hmm. one is a nurse and has been for decades and the other one was an hgv driver again for for decades delivering different goods it wasn't the same truck driving <laughs> for mm-hmm. many years but it was the same practice and I think sometimes people view the class system in general as you have or you have not, mm-hmm. and it's very black and white, and that's not the case. And just going back to what you were saying a couple of points ago about you might have to give up having a certain yeah. meal for, for, your, for your dance classes that Saturday, it even goes beyond that as well because we were able, like my brother was able to go and do sports that he liked, and I was then able to go and do dance because we as a family didn't take holidays we yes. didn't do that. We didn't go to Spain every year. Same. We didn't have fancy cars, but Same. we had that kind of money, you know. Whereas yeah. other people that I was with, they went to Tenerife twice a year, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't go out for dinner as a family every couple of months or whatever. So I think sometimes people view the money issues not necessarily as saying there is absolutely no money to spare. It's just that there's no money to spare if it means I have to give up this that next thing. Yes. So. With my parents, the first thing I thought about being when I was young was, oh, a nurse, I'm going to be a nurse because my mum's a nurse. That's kind of what you think. Whereas if I'd had an auntie that was a contemporary dancer or, a, or an uncle that was a director, I might have thought about that. And again, what you're saying with that exposure, just saying, hey, this is an option. You know, and I remember at school saying, when I was a little bit older at school, I said I would really love to go into dance full time. And the teacher I said this to kind of chuckled and said, it's no, but, but actually though. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, that's interesting. And there are many teachers that were so supportive of me. It was just that one particular person that I thought that's, that's interesting that that is how you, mm-hmm. how you view that. And again, I feel sometimes when we go into schools and do well good, or we also have done other dance and digital projects like Hubbub and Control Shift where we make films, dance films with young people. There's always room for learning about the arts, even beyond that school age. And I think that's really beautiful about the kind of access that we're trying to provide. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So (laughs) a funny story. My parents had to go in for a meeting because on my subject choice form, I think it was in like third and fourth year, for my subject choices, I wanted to do music and art and English. And my teacher kind of pulled me up and was like, do you not think you should have, you know, a more one of the more academic subjects instead of all of these artistic ones? And I was really adamant at that point, no, that's what I want to do. Yeah, so my parents had to go into the school and kind of have a meeting and say, yes, no, we know this is fine. Like, she should be able to do this. And... I don't necessarily think it was, there was no malicious intent behind their suggesting that. And I think it it pulls up on what you're saying there about there's that idea that the arts isn't a a career, a real career, a real job. And yeah, I totally agree. Like coming into the schools and being able to just 
be there as full-time artists and show that that's possible yeah and I think I really liked what you said at the end there about how you can learn about the arts and, and through the arts past the school age I just wanted to add on the back of that because when you go through an artistic process or when you're engaged in the arts I think you learn more about yourself as well it's not always just about the the arts but I think you uncover different aspects of yourself just through the through the arts and that's one of the things that makes it so great definitely it's emotional intelligence as well mm. as your maths and english and history and all of these are such important subjects but i think is what you're saying if you're facing your own creativity be it painting be it contemporary dance be it music there's problem solving involved in that for yeah. example I can't get this turn. Why can't I get this turn? I don't get it. You could throw in the towel and just go, no, I've had enough. But instead you go, no, right, let's let's video it. Let's look back. Right, I'm not engaging properly there or I'm not I'm not spotting, I'm not turning, I'm, my arms are floppy and that's lose my balance. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of problem solving that goes into it that yeah. you don't necessarily think about, but only when you're looking back in hindsight you go yeah that really no one held my hand to yeah. try and figure out that move no one no one talked me through that but I managed to, to make it work whereas certainly I really struggled with maths and anytime I came up against a problem maths I'd have my hand up going sir I don't get it sir I need help <laughs> and it was only when I was then in dance college properly creating my own choreography using tasks and all this kind of stuff that it really made me properly put that problem solving into effect when we go into schools and we try and make choreography with young people in such a short space of time, you see them go from, I've never danced, I can't do this, oh, I got it, and then performing in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So even just given that option of try it and you do amaze yourself, sometimes you go, oh, look at that. <laughs> I didn't know I could do a triple pirouette, but I just gave it a bash and worked it out and then, and then it happens. I mean, you'll know yourself, how many times do we go into schools, particularly for Wellgood, but for our other projects as well, and you always, always, always get the teacher saying, oh, we, we Jimmy there, I, I would never have imagined him up performing in a million years without fail. And it is, it's because sometimes you just need to give people that opportunity to try and yeah, and I do sometimes think that, to certainly, and, and I'm saying this because I thought this, mm-hmm. I, I knew I wouldn't be able to afford to study in London or New York or Barcelona or any of these beautiful, shiny, huge cities. So I felt like by studying in Scotland and choosing to go from HND right through to degree in Scotland, I low-key felt like a failure because mm-hmm. I was doing it through SAS and I was doing it at local colleges and I was getting the train there and back every time. I couldn't even afford to move into a flat closer to Glasgow or Edinburgh wherever it was yeah. I studied. And I have no idea why I felt that way because there is people I do know who have been to these amazing places and have really struggled to to find work and it's nothing to do with the train, it's nothing to do with them. It's just mm-hmm. been their luck, it's been their circumstances. And But it's interesting that as a student I felt like what's the point? I'm just studying in Glasgow. When looking back now, my training was incredible. I could not have asked for a better set of lecturers and mm-hmm. a better set of circumstances. And there were so much things that I learned, so much, so many things that I learned about myself, about what kind of dance I wanted to go into, 
before I started training, it was you're a performer, you're a teacher. But now I know that there's direction, there's facilitation, there's yeah. roles such as yourself, like fundraising and marketing, all to do with dance that I had never mm -hmm. considered. But it's interesting that, that you think unless I'm paying 40 grand a year, then I'm a failure. Yeah. And I don't even know where that comes from. I, I think I disagree slightly in only in that I never really felt like a failure, but I was, I was more salty about the fact, I was more frustrated about the fact that I couldn't go to these places, even if I had the technical ability or the smarts to do it. You know, I mean, for me, it was, it was purely financial. I couldn't afford to go to a different uni outside of Scotland and actually even my master's degree which was down at Leeds Beckett University the only reason I could afford to do that and the only reason I ended up doing it in the first place because that was the first year that SAS started funding master's courses and that was the only reason why I thought okay maybe this is an option for me and it's it's the only reason why financially I was able to to do that it wouldn't have been an option otherwise yeah now just remembering back to a meme that I saw it always comes back to memes mm -hmm. every time <laughs> that it was a meme that had said something along the lines of I'm paraphrasing here <laughs> isn't it funny how success is deemed on how far away from your hometown you get mm. why isn't success you learning everything you've learned coming back to your hometown and trying to make it better for people like you coming up very heavy memes for a for a for a Thursday evening <laughs> when we're recording this but I thought that was really interesting because I have never worked out with Scotland I've barely mm -hmm. shape or caper is the first job I worked out with Glasgow and out with Edinburgh so I definitely felt salty at myself for not being able to afford it salty at my circumstances just generally being a bit raging for the first couple of years after graduating because I just it was all that what ifs like what if I could have went to all of these other amazing schools and now being a very mature 24 year old looking back I feel really sorry for thinking that because again the, the lecturers I got and even the the negative experiences I had in college all led to a lesson in the end mm. and led to me now realising exactly how great the Scottish dance scene is and how great it is continuing to be. And I think Shape or Caper doing what we do. Oh, I whistled there and we'll do that again. I was like six square side sausages. <laughs> um, Shape or Caper doing the work that we do is definitely why I feel that. Because, okay, I'm not going back to Lanarkshire and doing this work, but if I can do it in Dundee, which is very similar, to the place where I grew up has has a very similar kind of outlook in terms of sort of like working class, you know, get your like roll up your sleeves, get in about it and, and give it a bash. And I think that's really great. And that's how I define success now is actually what am I giving back to those little working class kids that think I can't afford this, this isn't for me, I'm never gonna be I'm never gonna be on Broadway, therefore what's the <laughs> point? Like there's always a point. It doesn't matter what, where the stage is. <laughs> I I haven't worked a, a job in the arts outside of Dundee so it's something that I really feel quite strongly about. I think it's good to travel and it's good to go and experience and work in, in different scenarios. If you're from an area that doesn't have 
as much exposure to or access to this industry, then I personally, you know, other people's opinions might differ, but I, I want to bring that. I want to be able to, to build that more into the society that I live in, you know, and the, the community that I live in. Yeah, I, I don't know whether that's because of growing up and my experience in being involved in the arts from a young age. And then I was dancing and from about three until I was about 14, 15. And then I stopped because I was hanging about with my friends from school more and dancing wasn't cool anymore for me. And any of the other stuff that I did that was creative, like art and music, I kept it up just in school like it wasn't something that I was doing external things for but that's what kind of gave me that little spark and that's what kept that passion alive so maybe that's maybe that's why is that I know that it changed my life and it's made me the person that I am and so I think that people should be able to have that experience too or maybe it came later I was the same as as yourself my entire master's degree like money was always a concern it was in the back of my mind and so in my mind I was like I don't want this to be a problem for other people and if me working now to change that for the future is something that I can do then that's what I want to do our mission at the start dance for all and I think that's what we do well we are giving people an opportunity to experience dance and whether they want to take that on as a hobby or as a professional career later on down the line you know we're giving them this opportunity to experience it i love that i love how you phrased that and you i (laughs) i have nothing else to add even if it's if it's a two-year-long project we're seeing people every week like we do with control shift we were working up at ross young people's trust whether it's a three-minute dance film based on the centenary and you just scroll past it in Facebook you go oh that's cute I'll give that a like either way you're you're engaging with a local arts company and the mission's never done but that's our first step and every person every every like young person that comes up to us and says oh that was a really great session today so many times I've had young people come up and go I didn't think I was going to enjoy the day but it was absolutely brilliant and that for me is like yes that is exactly what we're here to do it's never finished because we want to do that every time we go places yeah but knowing that it is happening and it's a it's it's a process it's it's dead rewarding and it's brilliant and i totally agree is there anything else you'd like to say to close us out Mm. if you are listening to this and you're thinking yep i want to get into the arts have a look at what we've got on. We've got our new village hall, which is on our website, www.shaperkaper.com, where we are doing digital dance sessions for families with children and older people. We're also doing Caper Talks as part of that, which is like a live podcast, just like this one. And it's live streaming and you can also see some snippets of our previous shows as well. Enjoy a little bit of performance from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I get involved. Like if you even have the inkling of like, oh, I might like to do that, go and do it. Absolutely, totally agree. It's not always 
how, the, how sometimes the media portrays it as a starving artist and you'll, mm -hmm. you know, you'll, you'll work one day and then you have to make it last the full month. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes you have those days just like you do in any job, especially mm -hmm. right now. But I think at this moment in time, even though we do find that some areas of the arts are really struggling and a lot of freelancers particularly, and even if this is a bit of a bump in the road with the whole pandemic situation, it is ultimately the arts that's got us through it. And it's been on Netflix and it's been on social media and it's been, you know, us doing our Facebook live streams every single weekday <laughs> without fail for 100 episodes. It's things like that that have kept us going. And if you ever think that something's not for you, as my old gran used to say, don't say it's not for you until you've tried it. <laughs> like I used to say, she was trying to force feed me porridge. Just give it a go, as, as Dylan's saying. And you mm. might surprise yourself. Uh, you might try it and go, nope, this is definitely not for me. And that's absolutely fine. Maybe dance isn't. Maybe music is. Maybe singing is. Maybe acting is. Painting, you know, crochet. There's so many different things. And that is ultimately what I'm going to remember of 2020 is just the work that we've put out there to try and keep people encouraged and motivated and also the work from other arts companies that I've personally enjoyed that's that's what's getting us through yeah gorgeous well thank you so much Dylan for taking time out your very 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 busy schedule to have a chat with little old me as usual we'll be releasing blogs like Dylan mentioned earlier we've got some blogs live just now on our website as well you can follow us on Instagram Twitter and Facebook and of course we'll be back with another podcast next week Thank you again, everyone, for listening and cheerio for the new. Yes, thanks for having me and thanks, everybody, for listening.